again for inviting me and Charlotte to come and share the gospel with you today. And uh, uh, thank you for uh, this uh, opportunity to share the gospel today. But I also would like to say thank you uh, to you folks from this uh, beautiful church. Uh, you know, I think a couple, maybe a year ago, I came over here and said, we needed chairs for Congo so that we could um, train pastors. And this, your church was the first one to give chairs. We, we, we needed uh, 202 chairs then. I said to myself, we have about, we were expecting about 150 pastors to train over there. I said, okay, let's order two 102 chairs this way we are sure some of them will be empty so and then on January 18th we will start training the pastors in Congo now 264 of them already registered <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like what yep <laughs> you know so I am excited Charlotte and myself will be traveling to Congo, the Lord willing, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. And, you know, I'm a little bit uh, a smart fella. We'll go there and spend three months, January, February, and March. <laughs> when there is no snow in Michigan, then the ministry is, oh, is done over there. We come back. So we will be training pastors for those three months. And uh, I'm excited because we can train so many of them. Uh, you know, the day before was Charlotte's birthday. Yesterday was my birthday. So, yeah, the only problem I realize I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, I can feel it. So I feel great about this that I can go, Charlotte and myself can go to Africa and train younger people. So they can take over. So they can start also preaching through the radio. And taking care of the ministry over there. So I, I'm t I thank you for um, being part of, uh, of this. For helping us train more pastors. Um, Charlotte, excuse me. I didn't uh, tell you this. But I, it just came to my mind. I think we need to ask the church here to pray for us. So Charlotte, could you come over here so that the church can... Pray for us for protection as we leave on the 10th of January and to return on the 31st of March. A lot of teaching. I will be teaching from 8 in the morning until 5.45. Four classes. Charlotte will have her own class. Don't be afraid. They are good people. <laughs> they won't do nothing to you. They just love us so much. You know, yeah. Charlotte is the quiet one. I am the, I'm tornado. I run around, you know. So, church, God has given us power to go and win the lost and build the church. That power is with you in the name of Jesus Christ. So, please extend your hand and pray for us. Three things, protection, provision, and there is another one. What is it? Uh, protection, provision, and anointing. Yes, the three. Please pray for it, and then we'll finish.
And all God's people said, Amen. Okay. Thank you, Mommy. Now, Jonah 101 in the morning and Jonah 102 at night. Which means we're going to read those two chapters. Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. No. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up! And call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? Africa? That's not in the text. <laughs> Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already, already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back land, but they couldn't. The sea was, grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Oh, Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O oh Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow, to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help, and he listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the sea, and the current swirled around me, above me, and all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again and toward your holy temple. The engulfed waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweeds was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath bare me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit. O oh Lord my God, 
When my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Wow. Lord, I pray for grace so that I can explain your word to your people. They have come to listen to you. I really have nothing to give them. I'm tired. I pray that you would touch us. Send the power of your spirit this morning for us. I need it first, Lord. You are here. You are real. And you are loving. Minister to us, Jesus, in your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm tired because, see, the, the grandkids are great, but oh my. You know, they may, those little ones, they have their little feet, they run. You have to run around them and then you get tired when you are old like myself, you know. Four words about Jonah, four verbs about God in that text you see. Four words about Jonah, four. And then four verbs about God. The four words about Jonah is what? Silence, negative action, total indifference, suicidal behavior. That's about Jonah. Silence, negative action, total indifference, and suicidal behavior. Four verbs about God. He sends. He opposes. He jails. And he relaxes. So let me go back to Jonah, and then we're going to go quick. Because I noticed that, wow, your church is good. You don't have a clock or whatever. That's a good sign, you know. The story itself, I read it all to you. Tonight, by God's grace, we're going to read the two remaining chapters. It's going to be a chapter. It's going to be uh, uh, Jonah 102. But I, want, I don't want to talk about all the details. So I'm going to talk about the message itself. One silence. All the prophets of God in the Bible, when God talks to them, they answer back. They talk. They argue. They say whatever they want. But they answer back. Abraham bargained with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses told God, you know what? Go find somebody else. Isaiah, Isaiah screamed, I'm dead. Jeremiah said he's a little boy. He doesn't understand. Jonah shuts his mouth. No talk. Total silence. God gives him a command. Go do this. He responds by nothing. Period. Blackout, silence. Why? 
I'm a pastor. I do a lot of counseling. And I notice the couples that are ready to divorce, they don't argue anymore. They don't talk. They are silent. You know what silence means in that context? I'm done. Wait for the papers. I'm going to serve you. No more talking. No more arguing. No. Silence. Period. Do you know when you actually don't like somebody anymore? Your family member, your son, your daughter, your relatives, you don't talk to them. They can call. They can write. They can, you just don't talk to them. Silence. A bitter silence. Jonah heard God very well. He said he will not answer. That's it. Quickly, I go to the pastoral mode. And I ask you, who is the person you have developed a negative silence against? Just, you know, talk to them. They can talk, scream, kick. No. But silence is not passivity. It means to negative action. God said, go to Nineveh, talk to them. Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It's in the east. Negative action means, okay, I heard you very well. I'm going to Tarshish West. Go to New York where those New Yorkers live. I'm going to California. I'm going to California to give you, God, my back. Not my face, my back. Watch me. I dare you. I am not, not only talking to you, I'm going away from you. I give you my back. I'm going to California. Now, they didn't have those nice airplanes, so they, he had to go through a boat. He went there, negative action, bought a ticket, spent his money, bought a ticket, got into a boat, and left. Silence, negative action. I don't know if the captain had a problem or something, but there was problems. There was too much wind. When the captain himself is screaming for help, you're done. To my knowledge, not many Israelites knew how to deal with water. Many of them lived in the south where it was dry. But I know that Amittai Jonah lived in the north by Nazareth somewhere there. Fine, they knew water. But when the captain is screaming for help, you should worry. Word number four, uh, three. Total indifference. He goes down to the basement of the, the ship, sleeps soundly, doesn't care. Total indifference. This story is, I, 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 I read it and read it again. I said, this is madness. And then guess what? When they tell him, man, we have a problem. Are you the problem? Yes, I am the problem. How do we fix it? Kill me. 
throw me into the raging sea. Suicidal behavior. And then I was struggling with the text. Jonah, why? Why would you die? He tells God, I'm ready to die. I will not do your will. Period. My name is Jonah. I follow me. Now, Jonah is a very religious person. He, he understands he cannot fight God. That's why, first of all, he's running away. Second, he's, he's just going to die. If I'm dead, I'm not going to wait. I don't have the power to fight you, God, but I have the power to stop you from doing your will. The only power left is the power to die. So that those pesky Ninevites won't hear the word of God. Oh, poor Jonah. Doesn't he understand that he's talking to the mighty God? Guys, forgive me. What? Uh, forgive me for saying this, but I have to. Is there? Maybe there are. But I will be so upset. If I was a, you, somebody from Ukraine and God told me, this is the time to go evangelize to Russia. God, let them die. I'm not going there. I'm not. After all of this, you're sending me there to tell them you love them? Sometimes we read the Bible, we say, oh, come on, guys. No. When somebody's making your life miserable, God is telling you to love him again? Is not that abuse? Is not that enabling them? Why would you love your enemy? To make them hurt you more? Jonah is telling God, God, whatever you are telling me does not make sense. Therefore, one, I'm running away from you. Two, kill me. I won't do it. You know, we read the Bible and we just gloss over it. No. These are reality. I mean, don't be in a hurry to say, Jonah is a bad prophet. Don't, 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 don't do that. Calm down. When somebody is hurting you and he's enjoying it, and God tells you to love him, I, I can't lie to you. I, I, don't, I don't like situations like that. Lord, just put good people on my path. I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm struggling with the text. To tell you, I'm struggling with it because it's just, why would he get to a point where he's ready to die for his cause? He's not going to obey. Nobody will make him obey. Therefore, God has to act. Four verbs. God's verbs. <laughs> The first one, he sends us to the world. God 
does not ask for permission. He just says, go. You know, people often tell me, ah, oh, Paul, it's not great. You are a missionary. It's weird. I don't like traveling. <laughs> I tell you. I just like sitting in Michigan in my study and just studying Hebrew and writing books. That's what I really like. Airports infuriates me. Those people work there, tell them to, have, to be nice to me. You know, it's just, you, you remove your stuff, you put them back. You, the whole thing is like, oh, if the CRC could buy a plane for ministers to fly with, I will be so happy, you know. By the time you get there, oh, all the holiness you had at home it has disappeared. But you have to go. He sends us to go and tell people about him. That's the God of the Bible. He doesn't ask for permission. He gives commands, orders. Go tell the Ninevites that I'm going to get mad about, against them soon. What has God been telling you about your life? What is the command? Because each one of us has received a command. Go do this. Mine is to go and train Africans. What is yours? Maybe it's just going to be a simple thing. Listen to your neighbor. Share with something. For this new year, what is the command God has given you? It's clear. Now, second, when he sends, the second verb that God does is what? He opposes those who don't obey. In the text, you will see it. I love the verb. Hatil. The verb is tool, which means he provided wind to mess up things. Terrible wind. Because he's going east, okay? West, okay? Let's send the, the, all the winds. That was the, the, the best day to fly east. Because all the winds was going west. You know, I guarantee you. Because the devil has, he, he enters in God's presence. I tell you, the devil tells God often, why are they telling those humans, those Christians are telling you that I am the one bugging them? No, you, God, you are the one who resisting them, not me. You accuse the devil for nothing. It is not the devil who is resisting you. It's God himself. Things don't work out. It's not the devil. It's not the government. It's not the neighbor. It's God. God himself is resisting you. I have seen it in my own life. When God resists you, there is no way to run. See, by nature, I'm a very active person. I don't sit around and look. No, I just do things. And when I do something, I do it 120%. Not 100%. I just overdo it. So, I have a confession to make. I sat there and I was looking, well, I have to do ministry in Africa. I don't want to go ask money for people for money, no. I just said, you know what? I can start my own business in Africa, make money, 
and do ministry. And then I don't have to waste time asking for help. No. So I started my own company over there. I looked, there are 17 million people in Kinshasa. No public transportation. I said, okay, I'm going to start my own buses, busing company. I said to the Lord, Lord, bless it. It's good. It's going to give work to people over in Congo. Then I will have money for ministry. I don't have to go talk to churches. No. I love being independent. I started my business. I bought like seven buses. Put them there. Folks, all of them, either the police stopped it and broke the windows and... They, all of them, all of them were destroyed by people. I sat there and I said, Lord, you said, blessed is the man who works in the way. Whatever he does, prospers. And I was praying, the Lord said, I am the one wrecking it. I don't want you to make money because you will not preach again. You will be making money so much, you will not preach. Let me provide for you. Don't touch over there. I don't want you to be a businessman. I want you to be a preacher. I stopped. Question to you. What is not working in your life? You have been accusing people left to right. No, God himself is opposing you because you did not listen. And then, some of us, God has to send us to jail. Some of us have to go to jail because we won't listen until we are jailed. Three days and three nights in the fish belly. Kill me. Throw me in the water. Okay, good. They throw me in the water. He says, yes, I want God. You're not going to have me. Fish, swallow him. Jail him. Now, in jail, here, America's jails are nice. You have a TV. You have a work room. You have three meals a day. Not in the belly, in the fish's belly. It stinks. Three days and three nights in there. Alive. Smelly. Even Jonah breaks down. Chapter 2. He started praying. I was looking for a repentance. There is none. There is none. Jonah chapter 2 is not a prayer of repentance. It is a prayer of whining. I praise your name, Lord, because you want to try to kill me now. I am under there. Get me out of here. He sends. He opposes. He jails. And guess what the last one? He relaxes. This story... It's not about Jonah. This story is about God dealing with a prophet who is a teenager. It's God dealing with me and you. It is about God who gets us out of jail. Even though we have not changed. It is God who is not tired of us. No, he's patient. So, 
This is a new year. A new year out of jail. God has decided to let us off the hook. Whatever was not working will work. Whatever was closed will be open. Whatever difficulties we had three days in the pit, problems will swallow us up because God has given the order for us to be relieved, relaxed. Remember the four verbs of God. He sends, he opposes, he jails, but he relaxes. This is a year of relaxation. He does, he, he does all of that because of one reason. Christ. Isaiah 53. He was hidden. He was hit. He was destroyed so that we don't die. I want to finish this sermon this morning uh, 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 by asking you a, a practical questions, okay? Silence. Who are the people you have been totally cut them off, silent? Number two, what did, has God been telling you but you have not been listening to, hearing him clear? And third, what is your direction? Is your back? Are you facing him? Or are you giving him your back? And then, the good news, hmm, he still loves you. If you can forget everything I said, remember this. This year, you are out of jail. Whatever was not working will work. I'm saying this not... Uh, because they pay me. I am a prophet. Your business will just somehow, you won't get it, work. Just nice. It's not because you changed. No. Because he is grace. He is mercy. I repeat this. Jonah chapter 2 is not a prayer of repentance. No. This guy will never repent until chapter 4. He won't. I will tell you tonight. He won't repent. But God will walk with him. Why don't you make it easy to yourself and to God who is receiving you the way you are? I, Paul, enjoy something. It is called grace. Now, I say this often, my wife is there. No, I think I am Jonah. I can't deny that because I always know how to help God. I have, I have answers to everything. I know better. That's the way I function. I don't function with, well, maybe, no, there are no maybes. Certainties only. And that's a killer. When you have all the answers, when you know, when, when everything you can fix. This is a whole brand new year. Please, 
Can you listen? Please. Can you talk to God? Please. Can you go east? Don't go west. Can you go east? And please, enjoy your jail-free grace of God. And all God's people said, Now, I saved chapter 3 and 4 for tonight. I have a principle. I preach a bad sermon in the morning and a good one at night. So, you heard the bad one. Come to hear the good one, okay? Please rise. We're going to sing and go. <laughs>